When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Raiders of the Lost Podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. We are your hosts, James and Anthony. Welcome to Movie News number 77. Let's talk about the latest box office bombs, the future of DC, and plus Jennifer Lawrence's comments about female action stars. Hello, movie friends. Hope you're having a great weekend so far. We're back with the news. We're back. There's a lot going on this week. This is pretty heavy, this episode. So let's, much to go over. Let's some start controversies, with, yeah. some yeah. box office bombs, but let's start off with the box office. The box office was one of the lowest weekends so far in 2022. Wakanda Forever still in first place with $11 million, and it has reached $400 million domestically in America. Violet Night came in second place with... A very strong second weekend of $8 million that has a $30 million gross so far domestically. Strange World still underperforming for Disney with $3 million this weekend. The Menu is doing pretty well with a $2.8 million third weekend. And then Devotion is holding on pretty strong with a $2 million fourth weekend. So uh, all these movies, even though they're not grossing a ton, they're all performing pretty well except for Strange World. And then we have a couple of new releases. So The Whale, Darren Aronofsky's latest film starring Brendan Fraser, opened up to only six theaters. It made $360,000. That's about $60,000 per theater. That's the best of the year for average. Yes, to put that into comparison, Everything Everywhere All at Once had the number one per theater average this year. With $50,000 per screen, which is still amazing. So for The Whale to get $10,000 more than that, that's really impressive. Movies very rarely get that much per per theater average. And probably the biggest bomb of the weekend and one of the biggest bombs of the year so far is going to be Empire of Light. It made $177,000 in 110 theaters. That's an average of, what, $1,700 Per theater, if you're saying for this whole weekend, this movie's playing in all these theaters, 110 theaters, that's what, five screenings a day, maybe four screenings a day? Those are some empty seats mm-hmm. for that three-day period for all these movie theaters to only get $1,700 per theater. That is a huge bomb. On, and, on top of that, the film's getting very bad reviews from critics. It's only at a 45% Rotten Tomatoes. You know, we always take Rotten Tomatoes with a grain yeah. of salt. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's still very much underperforming. It will get a wider release, but I'm guessing that budget has to be about 50 million dollars when you watch that trailer because it's a sam mendez film i mean the guys made bond movies as well as roger deacon's cinematography the locations alone look incredible as well as oscar winners and bafta winners for a cast that's a probably a 50 40 40 to 50 million dollar budget i i bet money on that and then spoiler alert opened up to a limited release with the seven hundred thousand dollar opening yeah, so th- these are all except for the whale. Those are uh, those are pretty disappointing openings for those films. I think we kind of called Empire of yeah. Light last week before. Remember we were talking about I'm like this trailer. I still don't know what this movie really is about. It looks beautiful, but I mean, aside from that, what, what's the story of this of this film? Yeah, the, the, I as much as I love Sam Mendes, it, it doesn't seem like that that trailer or the marketing campaign has done any kind of favors for telling us what this movie is. I haven't seen it anywhere yeah. marketed besides when I go to see a movie and when I watch the trailer again, it looks Really stunning, the cinematography and acting, but what's the story? Yeah. I don't know. 
so confused. Let's talk about movie news now. So the future of DC has been a hotly debated topic over the last week, especially on film Twitter, which if you're on, it's been a shit show. Every time I go on film Twitter, oh, DC, this, this, DC, that, I'm like, come on, can we talk about something else? There's some great movies out. So the news is basically the rumors were As that we talk about it. The rumors were, <laughs> we have this, the news as we lead our stories. We just talked about indie films. Yeah. So the, the big news was the rumors were Man of Steel 2 is not happening, possibly, and Henry Cavill is potentially out as Superman already. Uh, Black Adam supposedly is not going to get a sequel. Uh, supposedly Wonder Woman 3 is just dead on arrival in terms of the script and story and production, as well as The Flash is still going. It Appa- actually got moved up. About a week. Yeah. And then apparently Ben Affleck has been cut from Aquaman 2 and probably, I'm guessing, maybe won't be in The Flash. So all these rumors going around that basically James Gunn and Saffron are going to do like a hard reset. And so it was rumors for two days. All everyone was talking about were these rumors. And then James Gunn actually came out and tweeted about all these. He said, so as for the story yesterday in The Hollywood Reporter, some of it is true. Some of it is half true. Some of it is not true, and some of it we haven't decided yet whether it's true or not. So there's some of that that's actually probably legit. It seems like are they hitting? They might actually hit the reset button on everything. I think uh, that's a that was a great answer by, by James Gunn. It's a great not answer. <laughs> I would say maybe just pulling the bandaid off and just starting from fresh would be the best way to go about this. And to using not, Flash as like yeah, a as reset. reset, yeah, and then not. I'm, I'm, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm fine with them replacing everyone and just starting over. I don't mind at all. So we'll just see what happens. Because, I mean, it is what it is. You know, we'll, if, we'll see what happens. If they reset it, I guess. It's, sorry, Cavill, he's not going to be Superman again, which is a bummer. He's 39, so he's probably aging out anyways. He's going to be okay. He'll be fine. <laughs> Henry Cavill. It's fucking Henry Cavill. He's going to be fine. <laughs> um, I guess. And then also the news that uh, Michael Keaton's Batman Beyond movie was reportedly canceled. I didn't even know that was in the works. There was so just they, it was just to- we just found out that it was a Batman Beyond movie, and he was going to pl- play the old Bruce Wayne. That so, would have been sick. Yeah, but I'm sure they're. I'm sure that Gunn and Saffron are going to work out a Batman Beyond movie. I bet. You- I think if you want, because we've said it, if you want to really, because they have the Batman, and that's going to be a franchise, and it's great, and that's going to be awesome to see three or four films with Pattinson and Matt Reeves. If you want to do another Batman franchise, I think Batman Beyond would be the way to go because it's such a different kind of film. It's a different genre. It's really sci-fi. Uh, it's in the future. They're so different from one another that I think that audiences will be able to separate and it'll feel like completely different universes and worlds. Plus, it's a teen. Yeah. A teenager doing it all, which is really cool with an old Batman. So I, I feel like that's probably the best thing to do. Just reset everything. I bet you, I don't know, they'll focus on other characters first instead of Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman yeah. if they do it. Who the hell knows, man? And I guess it's called the DCU now. I don't know. I don't it's know. faster to say. No DCU. One, yeah, DCU. It's better for hashtags. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> moving on. So big news of rumors out and speculation that the number one front runner for the new James Bond is apparently Aaron Taylor Johnson. So hot. <laughs> so hot right now. We love the guy. You know, we've talked about him a bunch on the po- on the podcast. We're actually. We just filmed a episode discussing it. It'll come out uh, this upcoming week talking about not just Aaron Taylor Johnson, all the rumors about him, but also the other uh, actors around that generation who would make a great bond. So that's going to be a great episode that comes out uh, this Thursday. So stay tuned for that. But the speculation is 
pretty spot on right now. It's pretty much like seems like it's that's this done deal with Aaron Taylor Johnson, but we'll see. They're probably going to announce it in the spring of 2023. We talked about it for a half hour. Yeah, it's this great. week. It's going to be great. Just talking about a bunch of handsome guys in tuxedos. <laughs> it was pretty good. Is he, is he is he handsome enough? No, is he, he's handsome enough. Yeah, oh, yeah. definitely. <laughs> that face. was basically the episode. <laughs> <laughs> now on to some controversy. So uh, Jennifer Lawrence and Viola Davis had one of those actors on actors interviews with each other. Um, I, I usually enjoy watching these. They're pretty cool mm. to like hear like actors talk to each other. I love about, it. Yeah, about I their love careers and, and roles. Adam Sandler and Brendan Fraser had a great one. Check that out because they starred in a movie together, Airheads. Uh, it's a wonderful chat they had. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Airheads. Adam, I love that. Adam movie. Sandler fought to get him cast in that. That's so cool. Yeah. And I remember um, Adam did one with Brad Pitt a few years ago after Uncut Jobs yeah, came yeah, out. Yeah, Uncut <laughs> <laughs> <got> Jobs. <laughs> so Jennifer Lawrence, I don't know. What's up with this quote and, and what she was what she was kind of referring to? But I didn't watch the whole thing, and obviously this is like nitpicking a quote that became the, a headline. So I watched it. This is what she said, and then she didn't correct herself at all. Okay, so the but she said, "I remember when I was doing Hunger Games, nobody had ever put a woman in the lead of an action movie because it wouldn't work because we were told girls and boys can both identify with a male lead, but boys cannot identify with a female lead." Now this, as soon as I saw the headline. Obviously, I don't want to like take it out of context because I didn't say the whole thing. But just reading that, I am shocked and kind of I, I disagree with that completely because obviously she's not the first female action star to lead a movie. And also, we grew up watching female action stars our entire lives. I mean, the first thing I thought of obviously Sigourney Weaver, but Uma Thurman is Kill Bill. We've seen that movie, those movies, seventy eight oh times when we were yeah. in our teenage years, yeah. and those were huge for us. And I mean, just, Linda Hamilton in Linda, T2. It, there's yeah. so many female action stars that were before her, and I don't know, maybe she doesn't watch other films or older films, but I was pretty shocked when I when I saw this clip. Yeah, and this this is I watched the interview. This is not like a quote that's taken out of context, and she didn't she didn't add on to that, and she didn't say anything like referring to those other actresses. And the thing is, I I think it was just like a, a mental mistake, probably. Um, she could have been nervous. Uh, it's it's I mean, you know. Being recorded, you have Viola Davis, Oscar winner, right there. Yeah, but she's an but Hollywood yeah, actress. Yeah, also, yeah, that too. So maybe a little bit of benefit of the doubt. But I think the problem with saying something like this, and we hear it a lot, honestly, we hear it a lot these days. The problem is it erases what the woman before did, what Sigourney Weaver did in Alien and Aliens, and and the other, and the rest of the franchise, what Linda Hamilton did, what Uma Thurman did, what Pam Greer did. Um, it's just basically erasing the amazing impact they had on film and. If you rank t the top 10 action characters of all time, there are at least three or four women on that list, and they're pretty high on Absolutely. that list. Absolutely. They're pretty high on that list. Ripley and Beatrix Kiddo are on there no matter what. And and Sarah Connor is probably top three, top two for just amazing action characters. For one movie. Yeah, just for <laughs> one movie. Not even – she's – yeah, it's amazing. Some rate too. But also, it people – like this quote also says that there have been lots of uh, female-led action movies that aren't successful – but they were still female-led. You look at Jennifer Garner with Elektra. You look at Charlize Theron with Eon Flux, Atomic Blonde. Um, you look Scarlet Scar Scar been in like three of yeah, them. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson's done a ton of it. So uh, Halle Berry is Catwoman. That's an action lead, you know? I mean, the movie didn't turn out well, but she's an action lead. She's fighting bad guys in that movie. It's an action heroine. Um, and so, and people, I think, like, people often forget the movies that don't perform well, it still had an action heroine in it. And so I just think that this this kind of mindset is just it's really bad to kind it's of recency bias. Yeah, recency you know, bias. But, yeah. See, you're not on film Twitter, so 
I'm on film Twitter and it's 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 I like it because you get a lot of great information and some great opinions, but there's a lot of a lot of recency bias and I think a lot of people act like movies didn't exist before 2010, yeah. 2012 and people mm-hmm. kind of forget everything the 100 years worth of film that we had before that period and especially in the 80s, 90s, even the 2000s people have kind of forgotten these periods aside of outside of like Lord of the Rings and these big franchises, but I think recency bias is a huge issue in opinion for media for sure yeah i mean even like classic rock bands are being forgotten like people bring up like the greatest bands of all time and i see like led zeppelin's on the list i'm like what's going on here (laughs) so it's kind of odd that the recency bias is just like seeping into people's opinions especially on tiktok twitter instagram and stuff like that it's odd and also like i forgot um trinity carrie and moss from the matrix she is She's cool than Neo. Messing dudes cool up. That Neo whole, that. All that all those franchises just that unloading. Opening, that opening 20 minutes. Oh my god. The op- the opening of the Matrix is one of the most iconic action scenes of all time, and it's a woman. I also I really disagree with the boys not being able to identify with female leads because like I said, we've been watching female leads our I, entire I lives. I thought Uma I thought Uma Thurman as, as Beatrix was amazing. I thought Trinity was so amazing. And like yeah, I, I definitely connect with those characters for sure. 100%. And relate and identify and relate to them. hundred percent. Yeah, I remember being so juiced for Trinity every time she was on screen, and then also uh, just like every time Beach, like every time the new Kill Bill would come out, I would be like, oh my god, yes. When the second <laughs> one came out, we were there opening weekend with our dad. You know, we loved those films. And we watched all the other ones. Like, we saw Eon Flux in theaters. Uh, we loved Charlie Center on that role. Atomic Blonde saw yeah. in theaters. So, I mean, yeah. I just really disagree with this quote. And I think it's just kind of just, I think there's just a lot of recency bias going along out in Hollywood and in, in media right now. Yeah. I think it's sad because it's just saying Sigourney Weaver doesn't exist anymore. But anyway, I saw a great meme where it was, it was Sigourney Weaver comes out and thanks Jennifer Lawrence for paving the way for female action stars. <laughs> oh my god! And I love Jennifer Lawrence. I think she is a, an insanely talented person. Absolutely. And I love Katniss Everdeen. I love the Hunger Games. But if you're ranking action stars, Katniss Everdeen is not that. You're not even very high on the list. Like all the Great other character. Yeah, but... She's a good character, but like in terms of action, she's not. I mean. Linda Hamilton and Sarah Connor is like light years above her. You know she what I mean? She's got a whole bunker full of weapons. <laughs> <laughs> how many machine guns does Katniss ever do? How, how many pull-ups is Katniss doing? <laughs> <laughs> odd story. Yeah, Pretty it's odd. weird. All right, next bit of news. We got our first look at Robert Pattinson in Mickey 17. This is the latest sci-fi space film from Bong Joon-ho. This is based on a book. Can't we not wait to check it out. I kind of want to read the book before the movie comes out. And there's plenty of time because it doesn't come out until 2024, the movie. Um, I can't wait for this. I can't wait to see him. Uh, really great shot, just like yeah. Pattinson's upside down. Yeah. The shot is he's upside down inside this like space chamber, sleeping. Chamber. Well, his eyes are open. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait for it. Next up, uh, John Wick 4 has released a new poster. It looks excellent. This movie's coming out next year. It's going to be, I would say, one of the most successful movies of the year. Yeah, the the design is really terrific for this yeah. poster. They've always had great marketing yeah. and poster designs. And this one, the tie, it's a close-up of John Wick from like the chest up. And the tie is like a uh, hourglass with bullets instead yeah. of sand. It's really cool. I, that is terrific uh, surrealist uh, design right there. I love it. And next up, Jackie Chan has confirmed that Rush Hour 4 is in the works with Chris Tucker. So it's Woo! coming. It's coming. Let's go. They're coming back, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Sign me up. Can we get five going too? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, so we have some more DC news. I'll, I'll chat about this because I've read the article pretty in depth. There's a lot to read. You know how to read? <laughs> I didn't know you could read. So uh, Wonder Woman 3 was announced that it's been canceled. Patty Jenkins, it was revealed, apparently walked away from the project. And it wasn't because of James Gunn or Safran and their plans. 
Uh, what the article says is that Patty Jenkins turned in her her um, treatment treatment script for Wonder Woman three, and the two executives of Warner Brothers Entertainment they didn't like this the treatment they didn't like the direction, uh, and they asked her to do to submit a new treatment and to approach it in a new story in a new way, and Patty Jenkins from this report was not happy with that response and decided to just walk away from the project completely. So that's what insiders are saying uh, of basically why Wonder Woman, Woman 3 has been canceled. Yeah, I mean, there, you can interpret that different ways. You can yeah. interpret it as, you know, she wants to keep her creative vision intact. Yeah, and she can't do guns. it, then yeah. she doesn't want to do it. Yeah. Moving on to James Cameron, who is just amping up Avatar 2 because we know it's going to be great. And he says that the graphics and CGI animations is leagues ahead of Avatar. And he said the responses to Avatar 2, these early screenings, are astounding. We we got invited to go this week, but we can't make it because we're filming the short film, unfortunately, to the early screening, which would have been amazing to see at IMAX. It would have been sick, but we can't do that. But we'll see it as soon as we wrap filming on our production. Uh, the reviews are saying that it's insanely good, stellar. And James Cameron's even like saying that, like, oh, you, if you miss some things in the first time, you see it, it's three and a half hours. You have to go to the bathroom. Don't worry, you'll be back to see the film a second time. So <laughs> if you go to the bathroom the first time, don't worry. The second time, you'll be good. You'll be back again. Just make sure you're safe for the part that you missed. Yeah. So and, he's saying that yeah. like you're gonna see this movie twice. That's how good it is. And uh, a lot of the reviewers are saying that it's it's tr- extremely emotional and character driven rather than action driven. So I, I like that. It sounds like he's taking a new approach in terms of the storytelling. Next up, Hobbiton is now an Airbnb. And it's going to be an exclusive Airbnb. So in New Zealand, at the actual filming location of Hobbiton from Lord of the Rings, uh, the Airbnb owner is listing it um, for rental for only $6 per night. However, you have to be very lucky to be able to get in there. So the listing is titled The One and Only Hobbiton, and it goes live on December 13th at 9 p.m. And it only costs $6, but only three individual two-night bookings will be accepted. So these stays will be hosted in 2023 from March 2nd to 4th. March 9th to 11th, and March 16th to 18th. So it's only three opportunities to get into Hobbiton. I'm sure that that Airbnb site is going to crash that how do you How do you get into it? Is it like a raffle? You just you just get on the site, and you wait for it to be listed, and then you it's just like concert tickets. Wow. Yeah, that's how they're doing it. Like See, 13, first come, first like, come, first serve. Like 30 people are going to go to Hobbiton. Yeah, <laughs> but a million people are going to try. <laughs> that's really cheap, too. Um, moving on to Bones and All, which we talked about in our episode this past week, set an on-demand streaming date. You can tune into Bones and All on December thirteenth. On what platform, Anthony? I have no idea. <laughs> Hold no, on, Paramount. 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 Okay, yeah, yeah. on Paramount, Paramount Plus. Sorry, I forgot to put that in there. Plus, you could probably just rent it on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Next up, Mean Girls the musical is getting a film adaptation starring Angoria Rice and uh, an eclectic cast of other actresses. The Broadway musical is performing very well, so I think it's a smart idea to adapt it and to be a musical to set it dif- differently, make it feel different from the original film. When I saw her in, in uh, obviously she's in the Spider-Man movies, but No Way Home, she's great in the few scenes that she has. Angry Rice, so that's really cool. I figured I saw her in that movie. I'm like, she's definitely gonna get definitely gonna get a project doing something. Oh, soon. she's super talented. The Nice Guys was her breakout. Yeah, she's she like was the, great the school reporter in uh, No Way Home mm-hmm. in the in the high school in that Spider-Man trilogy. All right, next up, we have some Top, top Gun news. news. <laughs> National Board of Review names Top Gun Mavericks the best film of the year. And if this movie isn't nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars, I'm not watching. This is a sign that it will be. Hopefully. I think it will be. Hopefully. I, I, I don't care if it doesn't win Best Picture. Obviously, it's not. 
but it has to be nominated. But for to just have the sequel to Top Gun get nominated for an Oscar for Best Picture would pretty be funny. mind blowing. That's if you, pretty if you told me that if, like five years ago, that's so surprising. Next up, there's a really wonderful featurette on Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which reveals the inspiration behind the retelling of the story as well as the behind the scenes of the production. It's really terrific stuff. Lots of great background work, and then Guillermo has a lot of great things to say. So if you're a fan of the film and of him, definitely check out that featurette. Also, we had a oh some news from Luca Guadagnino, speaking of points and all. Daniel Craig has been cast in his next film, Queer. It's an adaptation of William S. Burroughs' novel. So that's going to be a cool team up. What a Luca great pairing. And Danny yeah. together in a movie. <laughs> Sign me up. What a great pairing. Uh, Taylor Swift news. She is set to direct her first film uh, being produced by Searchlight Pictures. There's no news about what the film is about, but all we know is that it will go into production next year. So good for Taylor. That's awesome. She does a great job directing her own music videos nowadays. Uh, David Cronenberg's son, Brandon Cronenberg, Cronenberg is also a director too and he has a new trailer out for his film infinity pool and his style and taste is just as weird <laughs> as david cornenberg's <laughs> he's made two films and they're really bizarre but this film stars mia goth and uh, alexander Sarsgaard. looks so, like a trip yeah it looks crazy very creepy uh avatar the way of water released its final trailer um check that out i'm not gonna watch it because i want to walk into the film with uh less is more, like not knowing much about the rest of the story but if you're interested Go check that trailer out. Also, uh, it was announced that The Weeknd has made a new track for the film, and that is going to come out on December 15th. So fans of The Weeknd, look for that to come out. Oh, my goodness. All right, last bit of news. Michael Fassbender teases David Fincher's The Killer in a behind-the-scenes video. This is coming out next year. Remember, we got great films from Nolan, Fincher, Villeneuve, as well as Scorsese, for legends in filmmaking for the last three to four decades, depending on when they were born. Wes Anderson, too. Wes Anderson as yeah. well. Uh, so next year's going to be awesome. But The Killer, a serial killer movie coming from Fincher. Cannot wait. Because yeah. he hasn't done serial killers in a few years now. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, it's been like it's, two movies. It's a cool feature. It's a three-minute video of Fassbender being interviewed about the process of working with Fincher. And it has actually a lot of really cool behind-the-scenes footage of them filming a few um, car sequences and motorcycle sequences in its studios using LED, LED panels for the backgrounds. And it's cool to see Fincher directing with his crew and talking to Fassbender. And I'm really excited for this film. I can't wait. I've been wanting to see Fincher um, get into the action realm because uh, I'm really curious to see how he directs action. And so to have this uh, coming out next year, I'm really excited. It's one. It's in my top three most anticipated of next year. Yeah, he's done action, but not like huge sequences yeah, I can yeah. think of. I mean, I mean, Seven probably has some of the most action he's done. Yeah, that foot chase. That's what. That's why I can't wait because that was 30 years ago. So. I can't wait to see what he does with something like this. Oh my goodness. I cannot find we, we couldn't find an origin story. There's no origins. Oh my god. Sorry, all. What wait, hold on. Let's just run through something. <laughs> Let me just I gotta find uh origin. Well the origin. Bond movie's probably gonna be an origin story. Yeah, the James Bond is gonna be origins. <laughs> god damn it. Oh my god, this is the first time in like eighteen weeks. Yeah, I don't see anything. For, uh, I, I looked. There's there. Yeah, there's no origin stories. Oh, what's this? Matt Damon's reuniting with Paul Greengrass. I mean, no, with uh, Doug Liman, the director of Born Identity, for a, a heist movie called The Instigators. Oh, cool. That sounds really cool. That's interesting because they didn't get along filming The Born Identity. Really? Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Well, now um, you do. Maybe Taylor Swift's movie will be an origin story. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to wait and find out. <laughs> God. But damn yeah, it. sorry, no origins this week. Oh my goodness. It's the first. It's we had a good run. 
We did have a really good run. run. It, I can't believe it's over. <laughs> Someone let us know if we missed an origin story this week. Because it, it, next week they'll come. They'll wait, come back. wait. There is an origin story. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Someone DM'd us. No, uh-huh. they tweeted at us an origin story. All right, hold on. Let me pull this up. Bear with me. Bear with me. They tweeted at us, and they said, origins for movie news this week. Give me a sec. Um, <laughs> Anthony, talk about some stuff while I find it. Um, we're going into production in our film tomorrow, and it's going to be very exciting. Three days straight. And then, but we're not going to be slowed down with the podcast. We already recorded this week's episodes and uh, one of next week's episodes. So uh, we're, even though we're super busy, we are ahead of schedule and we can't wait to get to work on this film. I got it. The Three Musketeers trailer for just Uh, came out. It's an origin story for D'Artin. Yeah. D'Artin. 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 Is the the French trailer. Yeah. Yeah. So is it, is it like it? I mean, I think it's just a classic. Reta- it's a retelling of the story, but it's an origin story it's for him. Origins. When you watch the trailer, it's an origin yeah. story. I watched. I, I saw the trailer. Yeah, you're right. Um, it's got a great cast though. Monica Bellucci's in it. Vincent Cassell's in it. Uh, Darnian origins. Darnian origins. Thank we goodness. I knew we had an origin in there somewhere. Who said that to us? Um, it was sent to us by uh, Isaac. Thanks, Isaac. Isaac Silva. Thanks, thanks, pal. <laughs> Ooh, Isaac coming in clutch last minute with the origin story. The streak is alive. It's alive. We're still going, baby. <laughs> but we hope you all have a great week. We have excellent episodes for you coming this upcoming week. Tomorrow is going to be the departed. The departed guy. That guy finally two hours on Marty's best picture winner, which yeah. we cannot wait for you to see. And then also we're doing episodes on... Pinocchio, Guillermo del Toro's for Netflix, which just came out. Had a blast watching. It's tremendous. Definitely recommend it. We did a 30-minute review for that. And also, like we said earlier, we're doing a quick breakdown on all the latest news and rumors for James Bond casting. Is it Aaron Taylor-Johnson? We did 30 minutes on a bunch of handsome men. See you next time. Raiders of the Lost podcast is a Mirror Image production. Sound mixing done by Jacob Kosler. Opening music by Chase Jackson.